0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Shot One Take One. On this episode, I'm joined by filmmaker Warren Speed. Warren has made three feature films as well as a bunch of short films, but today we talk specifically about his debut feature film, Zombie Women of Satan. I really enjoyed the chat with Warren, and we had a lot in common, surprisingly, and we probably could have talked for another couple of hours, so maybe once Warren's made his fourth film, we'll do a follow-up episode. I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did.
1: I don't even know what day it is, you know. um, Yeah, well, I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I don't, I don't have a normal job. So um, (laughs) um, basically, I run me rock night. I run a rock night once a month. I'm really lucky. I mean, I've done loads of normal jobs in the past, but I'm 54 now, and um, the rock night I run, I run a couple of rock nights. Well, one's quarterly, one's monthly um that basically pays all my bills wow um
0: so you're the host or you booked yeah bands? i
1: mean i basically it's basically my you know i set it all up and our dj and promote it so it basically wouldn't happen without me but um like it's been going about eight years the we just did one last saturday and that was the 70th one we've done um
0: it looks like you're still recovering from it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, That's just me normal look.
0: <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? You're trying to uh, you strike the balance between doing something creative and uh, earn money enough to pay the bills but not well, kill we, your soul. We
1: don't, we're totally skint all the time but I'd much rather be like this. Than, um, like I said, I've had decent paying jobs in the past but I'm, I'm a lot happier doing what I want every day and having a lot less money than, you know, having loads of money, you know?
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Out. Um, we get a few benefits cause my wife's, uh, got a few health issues and, um, I actually, I used to, man, this is all irrelevant, but, uh, um, <laughs>
0: no, no it's no, it's all relevant because really <laughs> it's, it's how we, we come to do what we love doing, I suppose. And it, it's all, yeah, it's all important.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't bother putting any of this on the podcast, you know, just wait till we get to the actual film stuff, you know. Well,
0: I mean... people want to know, or at least I want to know, because really the podcast is for me and I, I, I'm i really interested in, in knowing how people fund their lifestyles, you know, and how they can kind of come by making films, because I just think it's impossible to kind of juggle both worlds and um, be making especially feature films, shorts are slightly different, but to be making feature films and, you know, pay rent and, and kind of not be... Oh,
1: yeah. Um, well, it's a nightmare. Uh, you know, well, like I say, I'm just very skint all the time. <laughs>
0: um
1: oh, I don't know. I've lost, lost my track.
0: Well, I guess, because I'm looking at your IMDb here and... Um... The one that obviously we're specifically talking about is Zombie Women of Satan. And so that was your first directorial uh, credit. And I guess for feature-wise, because I'm looking at what you've done uh, since, you made the sequel and um, is it, I can't even, Callophobia? Callophobia? (laughs) Callophobia. And then the rest of shorts. Is is that because of the of of being the skin and and kind of, or did you fall out of love with directing after kind of doing a few?
1: Um, I went through a period yeah where I just totally fell out of love with filmmaking altogether. Not you know full stop. Right. Um. Plus, I'd lost so much money as well. Um. I just thought you know financially. I mean, right from the start, it's never financially. It's never been you know, worth it financially ever right from the start. And it's just gone downhill as the years have gone on. Um, But I just fell out of love altogether, Um, you know, partly because of my own mental health issues. Um, And I thought, you know, I thought for a long time that I would never make another film again, you know. Right. Whereas before I got to that point, I thought, well, you know, I'll I'll be one of them type of people who never, ever retire because I love making films so much, you know. I mean, I, I won't make any money probably. Unless right. something changes drastically, but I, you know, and then thankfully I'm back, I've got my passion back again. And you know, it's again, you know, I don't think it you know, it sounds cheesy, but if you've got a a true passion, um, you just you couldn't actually live without it, you know. Yeah. Sound sounds daft to some extent, but you know
0: No, no, if you're high in creativity, it's I think it's um they say it's, it's 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 yeah, it's part of what you need in order to live, otherwise you'll be miserable and I can certainly vouch for that. So, I don't think it sounds daft or silly, because it almost explains why we can do what we do uh, without any real reason, rhyme or yeah. reason, and, and financial reward for it. You know.
1: I know it's just daft, but um, I've never really been money oriented anyway. You know, which is which you can be. You know, if you're making films, no. especially when you're making micro-budget films. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of the people unless you've made a few and had them distributed, I don't think you realise how little you're going to make back, you know. Right. (laughs) That's just the the true, you know, reality of it. I've I've spoke to quite a lot of other micro-budget directors from around the world, really, you know, but mainly in England. But, um, you know, we all have the same stories, you know. You get very, very little back from distributors. It's just the way it is now. It's totally changed in the last 10 years, you know.
0: Do you think it's got worse since you made?
1: Oh, it's got it's got a 100 times worse. I mean, I know for a fact if I'd made my first film which came out in 2010 if I'd made it one year earlier, I probably would have made, you know, a hefty profit. Um as it was, I lost money, um but I still made a hell of a lot of money back on it than you do these days. Right. You know, why? Um, why
0: a year previous? Just because of what uh, the internet? Because sales... The market just
1: collapsed. I mean, like, I don't know exactly. Partly to do with all the streaming and everything. You know. Yeah. Um, going from you know DVDs. from my level, going from my level, yeah, when it was all DVDs and Blu-rays, and then it obviously started getting um, downloads and stuff, which were a lot cheaper. Um, and it just, the deals just totally collapsed. You know, you, you used to get like an MG, a minimum guarantee which, you know, which is basically you get a lump sum up front um, and then you might get a percentage later on as well. I mean, obviously with every distribution company, you know, they can basically, <laughs> you know, who knows what they actually bring in and, you know, whether they rip you off or not. Um, but um,
0: I've done three episodes the... and that's been mentioned three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. There you go. You know, it's, it's just the every way episode. it is. You know, that's, We've we've that's, done it the that's... quickest though, like we're only like five <laughs> minutes in and we're already there. <laughs> Normally it takes yeah, a little well,
1: while. <laughs> it's, uh, it it annoys me, but I just wish you know, like I say, I'm not even bothered about making a profit. I would just like to break even, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we make it a lot easier to make films, you know. Even if you just had a budget of twenty grand, which to me these days is glum enough. Yeah, yeah. I make five films for that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But to make, you know, 20 grand for people at my level kind of thing, you could make a you know relatively decent film.
0: And go on holiday. Uh, <laughs> Sorry? And go on holiday. Well, I, I'm not even, <laughs> yeah. Well, you
1: could obviously, yeah. I'm not even bothered about holidays. I just want to make films. But, um, you know, you can't even make that much sure. What you've got to do these days is just make your film for literally as little as you possibly can. You know, and, I, and I'm talking like... A thousand quid or less, which is just you know, it's just a ridiculous. You know, how do you do that? But you've basically got to do it as much as you can yourself, for nothing, obviously, and you know, and get friends or you know acquaintances to do it for the
0: experience
1: or the love or
0: deferred pay, maybe. Sorry. Deferred pay.
1: Well, there's no, there's no. You can say deferred pay, but there's no. I know for a fact. (laughs) Yeah there's going to be hardly anything comes in but yeah you could say deferred pay but because i mean that might be well i'm not wrong because i've you know i know from speaking to other people the returns you just get are just absolutely shockingly low you know um to me it just seems and there's got to be a middle ground but i don't know where it is you know you've got the absolute micro budget level and then you've got your hollywood blockbusters you know if you've if you're making a film for like 250 grand, I don't see really, I mean, I don't work at that level, so I really wouldn't know. Although I do, I've heard a lot more people who are, you know, the, the few that I do know have made at that level, they've lost most of it anyway, you know, or, I mean, I know this is sounding really.
0: No, 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 it's important. <laughs> it's put, it's, 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 uh...
1: it's, I'm putting people off making films. I'm, I'm just well, being honest. And yeah. if this is obviously just my one person's opinion, but, it is you know if you've already had three podcasts and we've had the same thing said you know yeah and um, the distribution deals are just shocking compared to what they were 10 12 years ago
0: well i think it's a it's a combination of all the things you said i i've crewed on a few sort of hundred plus uh thousand uh pound films and i've edited a film that was over some some way over that and yeah i i obviously don't know the ins and outs of and exactly how much money they've made back but i i kind of see it like they're pissing it up the wall a little bit because if you can't make any money back at, at that level i don't see how you're ever going to see a return on that money so you're better off well, build, building I mean, a house I, or, or or doing something else with it in my opinion which is well, wrong if you're gonna if but, you're doing
1: it from a financial point of view yeah but, Do anything um, but make films.
0: <laughs> I think maybe perhaps we've got too many ma- filmmakers. I've heard uh, Ridley Scott saying it. He said too many films are being made. And obviously you've got, what, an infinite amount of platforms now in which people can kind of um, uh, stream their films. And yeah. Netflix are crying out for content. You've got Amazon Prime crying out for content. So people are out there making films. And I think there's perhaps just too many of them. So we get well, l- the deals yeah. get less and less
1: uh exactly yeah that's definitely a factor i mean and obviously it's so much easier to make a decent quality film these right. days you know because because you can edit it from home on really you know top quality software you know which you couldn't yeah. do you know so i mean i've already started editing myself in the last five years but i mean the level you can edit at from home yep on you know davinci resolve for example is free you know yeah it's a brilliant piece of software, um, <clears throat> but it's interesting to know you've worked on films like that. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, probably embarrassed myself because I haven't even worked on them type of films. But I've got a few friends who have, and like they say, there's people just stood around doing nothing. You know, you don't need half the people you have on these on these films. You know, Um and yeah, I... back, sorry, just just finally getting back to my first film. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah we'll start on that at some point
1: <laughs> which is r- totally relevant here um i mean obviously well not obviously but um we made that in 2009 which is now like nearly you know 12, 12 years ago
0: <laughs> yeah
1: which is time's time's flown but i think the i think we sh- i think the first like the um the main production the filming was 20 days i think with a couple of days off And we had about a cast of, we had a crew of about eight or nine, I think. Um, and then when we came to edit it at the end, it was about, I think, I think it was about 10 minutes too short. Really. We we needed basically another 10 minutes of footage. Um, so I went back to the script and kind of added some stuff in that fit, you know, it it did kind of weave in pretty well, but we added it in largely because we needed it for the running time for the distributors. And when we shot that stuff, we only had four crew, and to be honest, it was miles easier doing it with four crew, in the, and the and the end footage was exactly the same quality. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was my first experience, obviously, um, and whether you could do the whole film with four crew, you know, it's pretty intense to try and make a whole film with four crew over twenty-one days solid, you know. Um, but from our point of view, I was thinking, well, why don't we just make the whole film with four people? You know, it would have been cheaper. Um.
0: Well, I think you've answered your own question there, haven't you? Is because that would have been an intense twenty-one days for well, exactly, four people. Well, exactly.
1: Yeah, um, it's whether eventually you. Eventually, can... they would have crashed. Well, I did. I did actually collapse physically, collapse from right. exhaustion you know, on me, on all my three main features. Right. Um, I did physically collapse. Um...
0: Because you were acting in in this as well, uh, weren't yeah, you? Well, I'm,
1: so... a, I'm a bit of a control freak as well, and it's it's really annoying to be honest. But I find it really hard, um, you know, especially when it's my prod project kind of thing i've just got to do everything you know i just can't help it you know i just don't i just (laughs) find out to to trust other people or whatever or you know i just i want to be doing it all myself but um the first one especially because i've kind of gone off acting a bit now anyway i'd rather concentrate on the on the writing and directing and producing um and editing which is the the area i need to learn the most with but in the early days of me filming, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to direct produce, you know, I'd, I'd written it and I wanted to act in them as well. Um
0: well, That's why you collapsed. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I
1: mean, it didn't, it didn't help that I'm bipolar as well. Right. Uh So, I was getting pretty manic during the filming as well and I was, hard, you know, I was hardly sleeping because I was so wound up and, you know, they had so much on my mind. Yeah. And basically, you know,
0: worrying about everything.
1: Yeah, worrying and planning and, you know, making sure everything was in place, you know, and, like, I was doing so many roles, you know, making sure props were there, people were turning up. You know, we did have a first AD on the first film. We didn't have a first AD on the second and third films. um, Again, because I didn't... Well, part of it was money, you know. (laughs) I couldn't afford one. And um, the people I did kind of find to help weren't very good at it. Um, I think one of my strengths m- myself is that I'm good at organizing stuff, but you know, obviously, I overload myself and then things go, you know, go tits up a bit. Um, but yeah, definitely the first one I was doing too much. Um,
0: what was the budget, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, well, I might as well be on it. I mean, the first budget was 50 grand. Um, this was the first film I'd ever made, remember? So I was very naive about everything um and we actually used this was with my first wife uh i'm on my third wife now and they've all been well look, i mean film making's played a big part in, i was gonna know, say is
0: it is it one per film um it is
1: it is yeah but um it's not actually <laughs> um but the first one You're Not we making made, a full five <laughs> well i've got my seventh planned. you know oh
0: but, right okay wow okay
1: i've got a thai bride coming over <laughs> um right. No, the first one, my what you know, my first wife um, was an absolute saint. She let us basically spend all our life savings, which we'd basically accumulated through her through her intelligence, basically, rather than mine. Right. Because <laughs> so I don't really save money, I know. I always fritter it away, partly because of me bipolar. Um, and again, because I'm not really money-oriented, so I'd rather just, you know... you, you know, Spend it. Spend it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas my wife was a lot sensibler. Um, plus, we had two kids, you know. We've got two kids together, and um, we've still gone totally fine, which I'm really surprised at seeing as I spent all our life savings on a film. But, um, but we did make 35 grand back.
0: That's not bad, I know. No, it's not. That's
1: this is you know, this is like 12 years ago. Um, so a 35 grand return isn't bad at all. You know, if no. you got 35 grand back today, <laughs> that'd be amazing, you know. Yeah. But these days, honestly, you get like two or three. Back, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know what. Personally, I don't really see what the difference would be between making. You know, if you've got, if you've got a lot of skills yourself and you've got a few people helping you who are skilled, who are doing it for now or very very little. I'm pretty sure you could. I, I'm, not, I'm not like say you had seventy grand and five grand. The seventy grand film would probably be it would look better and you know obviously the scripts the main thing but it would probably look better production values and you know and everything about it would be slightly better than the five grand film probably you know not definitely because it depends on the level of ability but the actual financial return you would get back from the distributor would probably be exactly the same you know that's 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 the way it is you know I'm talking micro budget levels you know I'm not talking you know of you know well millions yeah millions plural um
0: Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, you're right. And I, I wonder. I wonder when it's going to break because the industry the industry can't sustain itself because you've got creative people who, who who can't you know live like that and they can't um, build careers based on the fact that they've got to work for nothing and make films that way. They'll. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like I kind of. It's not sustainable for filmmakers to do that. So no, I won- you've got
1: to. You've got to make the. Make, I mean, you've basically got to. I don't know to be honest because I've, I've never. I would guess you've got to make the step as a director. You'd have to keep making, you know, decent micro-budget films, do some, you know, really good um, short films and then hope you get picked up for a a decent budgeted feature film, you know. Um, obviously, the competition, is like like you've said, is huge because so many people are making films. Um, yeah, it's not... Um, I don't know, It's it's a very...
0: It's best not to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it makes me wonder
1: why people would want to get into the industry. You know, obviously, like I said, I, I would, I just love making films. You know, I can understand why people get to just from the money point of view. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, There's a part of me now that's thinking that it making films. Not that I've I've made a feature, hence the podcast, because it's really talking about people who have made films and trying to glean as much information from them as possible. Because um, I want to. And maybe after this conversation, I won't. Um, <laughs> um, but I think I see. I'm verging personally on the idea. Well, I know. I know all these things that we're sort of talking about. I'm not naive, fortunately, because I
1: well, I don't know you probably know a lot more about me, which is why I feel a bit embarrassed. No, 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 you
0: no. Things, isn't it? <laughs> no. No, no. It's just I've, I, I, yeah. I spent my sort of twenties trying to figure this out without really diving in, not having life savings uh, to kind of plow into a film, and so I, I sort of took my own route which was to work for a bunch of people on sort of small roles kind of watch them and study them and see if you know i could see anything that they were kind of doing right and wrong and learn that way and i i produce um showreels for actors so i film edit write, and i yeah. make it look like they've been in stuff and that's how i've kind of right um been going for, like you know like two minute essentially two page one minute short films but they're called right. showreel scenes and that's how i've managed to sort of make a living so part of me sort of thinks that now you've got to kind of do feature films purely for the love, nothing more with no, yeah. with no thought as to this is going to get me anything apart from the film, which is kind of good and bad because at least then it's like, well, we're all sort of doing it for the love of it. But like I said, I, I don't know how you can sustain a career on that. So
1: it's just such, such a struggle, you know, it's trying just to figure such... it out it's just such a struggle. Like I say, I love making films, but when you're trying to do everything and, you know, you're trying to get cast together, you know, when no one's got any money, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: People can't even get, afford to get the bus to the location, for example, you know, and there's no, bu- there's no f- um catering budget and it's just a struggle. It's just a really hard struggle to get a film made. You know, that's why it kind of annoys me when micro budget films, you know, you see, people slagging them off you know which is fair enough the film you know might not be very good from a story point of view or whatever but at the end of the day they've made a bloody film you know if you haven't made one yourself you don't realize how bloody hard it is to do you know
0: (laughs) yeah and i actually (laughs) think money money actually whilst it does bring you problems it does solve a lot of them as well so to make a film on no money doesn't make it easier it makes it 10 times harder in my opinion because oh,
1: definitely yeah
0: because, like you say, uh, how's this person going to get to the location?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why. Like, I've done a couple of crowd funders in the past, and I absolutely bloody hate them. Yeah, they like begging. Yeah, but um, I'm planning to make my fourth feature starting in March, hopefully. But I'm just thinking I'm going to have to do a crowdfunder purely to raise some money for the petrol costs. You know. Right. Um, because, like I say, I am. I'd much rather be happy and skinned than you know richer and you know with a normal kind of job and you know be going on holiday once a month, uh, once a year, and have but a decent month. car. No, not once <laughs> <in> <laughs> a month. <a>, <laughs> Sorry for some. A, Jesus. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not. I'm not bothered about. I've, you know, I've, like I said, I've had my fair share of decent-paying jobs, and I've I've been in a lot of. I've been. I've lucky enough to be on a lot of holidays. um, but now I, I've just if if I if I got a load of money I just spend it on making films you know yeah um,
0: <laughs> that's all I want to do. <laughs> um, so I've 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 recently taken to writing um, what would you call them sort of duologues like they're two person films. It's really hard to do. Yeah. it's it's not um, it's not easy because often you're thinking well another character turning up here would really help me, but I've tried to really keep it to two people. So my aim is to make several of these kind of very low budget, like you're talking about a couple of grand uh, with two actors, two, three actors maximum uh, and, yeah. and, try, and try and figure out that way of perhaps making a feature. Cause then obviously if, it's, it's hard. It's not, it's not going to be easy, but you can kind of have one location, two actors, you know, tell a decent story and it kind of keeps everything quite minimal. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, that's, you know, that's always what you're told, you know, when you're making films, for hardly any money, is obviously you know use as small a crew as possible, as as few locations as possible. Yeah, it's just ob- obviously the more the, the smaller scale it is with locations and cast, the better the script has to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard
1: to write a, it's hard to write a great script for uh, two people. Of course, it can be done. It has been done, um, but you know that makes it harder, doesn't it? You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. M- much harder. So your new one is it? Is it similar to? Because obviously I've only watched um, your first Zombie Women of Satan.
1: Yeah, well, the first, the second one is basically it. Basically, you know, it's a sequel to the first one, and it just it's very similar in theme, and you know, it's just a Benny Hill, co- you know, a Benny Hill horror, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh,
1: um, the third, my my third one, Killerphobia, actually got. Um, Compared to Rob Zombie by Kim Newman in Empire and Dread Central, Dread Central website both compared it to Rob Zombie. I mean, obviously a you know an English cheap, cheap skate version of Rob Zombie. But for me, that was brilliant because, like, you know, for me, Rob Zombie's probably my biggest inspiration because I just I love his films, I love his music, and I love everything. You know, I don't want to be anyone else. If I did have to be someone else, I'd be him. You know, because I just love everything he does and the The way he does it. So for my film to be compared to him was like amazing, you know, even though it's, you know, it's, you know, 10 rungs down the ladder or whatever. But my third one is, it it has, it is, it's got like dark comedy in it, whereas the first two are, you know, just like cheesy, immature Benny Hill comedy. The third one's a bit of a dark comedy, but it's also a lot darker, kind of more horror overall. Right. And, you know, and the one I'm, the, the new one I'm planning is about a couple of serial killers, which is basically even darker still. Um, and it's probably would probably be classed as torture porn or extreme horror or whatever. Okay. Well, that's the plan. That's the plan for it anyway. Um, and you
0: you're know, saying I'm... that's a dark comedy?
1: <laughs> well, no, that was my third one. I'm saying my new oh, one. Oh, right. The I was going to say. One,
0: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: The new one will still have elements of, you know, humor in it. Yeah. But the, so... the new one will be the darkest film I've done yet. So I've got a
0: dark comedy idea um, called "My Housemate the Serial Killer," and that, it's one of the the, the, the two-handers. So I haven't, right. written, I haven't written it yet. It's just a, an idea. So I'm thinking yeah. maybe you can, you know, have almost like a a totally unknown one character doesn't know what's happening. You yeah, know, like the, the the other housemate keeps bringing bodies home, keeps going out and burying stuff, and the other housemate is just totally unaware. So that's my yeah. sort of dark comedy, because I I do like the I I like the gore, but probably not as far as torture porn. Um, well, but I like I like dark comedy for sure.
1: Yeah, the, the I mean one of the you know the the whole torture porn angle. I'm actually wondering, you know, I'm contemplating, I'm having f- philosophical debates in my head about should I actually make this film? Or should I should have just totally scrap it. Um,
0: that sounds normal. I guess we all go through that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but this is the first time I've done—I've thought this way because this film's so kind of extreme in some scenes and, um, you know, it's kind of dark and depraved and I think, should I even bother making it, you know? Um, because I've got another film which I've written which I was trying to get off the ground, hasn't it? It needs a you know i wouldn't be able to make this one on, on no money really but i've got one called heavy metal hell which is another kind of um it's like a, a slasher comedy about an all-girl rock band um, which i'd love to make um you know it's the type of film that you know if it was done on a if it had a decent budget it could be in the cinemas but even if i could get a 50 grand budget it would be good to make that one whereas me the one I'm probably going to make, the serial killer one, I'm going to make it on, you know, like one to two grand, you know? Right.
0: Um,
1: well, that's the plan. Um, unless somehow I've got a load more money. Um, but it's like you say about gore, um, gore. Um, I mean, my first film had some great gore scenes in it. Um, cause I had a bit more money. Um, and I've got a, a couple of guys, ga- there's a couple of guys up in Newcastle area, you know, brilliant effects guys. um, but again, I'd like to have more gore in my new film but I just haven't got the money to do it, you know. Um, so you've just got to work, you've just got to come up with ways to get around it, you know. Right. How can you do, you know, how can you kind of do someone getting shot, get getting shot in the chest or whatever, you know, so it looks decent. Right.
0: Um,
1: but obviously, it's not It's not, not going to be as good as I'd want it to be if I had the money, you know. Or, you know, I'd love to see someone's head get blown apart, which we <laughs> did in the, which I did in my third film. Um, but I haven't got the money anymore, you know. On my third film, I, I funded it all through credit cards, which so I'm probably going to be paying back. I mean, that was made about four years ago, and I'll probably be paying the credit cards back for another 10 years yet, the rate I'm paying them, uh, because <laughs> I'm so skinned. Um, so I don't even have the option of making films on credit cards anymore because I've done that, and now I'm the film didn't make again. I was hoping the film would make a lot more back than it did. Um, it didn't obviously um the second film was mainly funded by a couple of friends um although that was only about a 7 grand budget um but I was still really pleased with how that came out again most people are working for nothing uh, a lot of talented people um you know but again it's just I thought we'd make money with that again we didn't you know so it's just Why do you uh, think
0: why do you think they haven't made because I guess what you were thinking, okay, we made the first one for thirty-five, per um, fifty, and yeah. managed to get thirty-five back. If we, like you say, try to make this for less money, we might still get thirty-five back, which would have been a, a very decent return. So why, do, yeah, what got lost um, in translation? Well, I mean,
1: think? Um, I think it was about maybe three years that had elapsed since the first one and the second one, and I knew I'd get less because I knew the market had collapsed even further right i did think i might make you know five grand maybe um you know i wasn't being you know i didn't think i'd been i was being overly optimistic but like i say um from my experience which is only two films in the last seven years to be honest i've only made about two or three grand back from them right um and i know other similar level directors to me in england have had, i think similar levels of return, you know, just um just soul destroying, you know, you just normally get between a twenty percent to fifty percent return, you know. You don't get any money up front, you just get a percentage. Um and again it's after it's after all their distributors' costs. Um and plus at the end, of, you know, there's there's always other costs you're never aware of and you know I've heard of I mean, I've been lucky to work with a company who's always been, I've always had royalties every six months, you know. Some people haven't had anything from a film ever over, you know, from, you know, a few people I know have made films like five, six, seven years ago and they've never had a penny back, you know. And they must have made some on it, you know. Um, so, I mean, the, you get ripped off left, right and centre. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just life, isn't it? But.
0: It is. And I've got about three questions there. And I guess what what's going through my mind is, is there an opportunity for filmmakers such as ourselves to distribute our own films? Can, is You know, it, it, should we head in a direction where it's like, well, do we need distributors? Like, should we not be trying to figure out our own way to kind of cut that middleman out? Because you're, like we've already said, you're one of many people I've talked to about this being a problem. And it seems like it's almost choking the industry because why why would a filmmaker go out and spend their life savings on a film to receive a minus uh, return
1: yeah um well i think <clears throat> i think a lot of first-time filmmakers are totally naive and don't realize they're going to lose everything you know right um but as far as i mean you can distribute it's easier to distribute yourself you know it's the, the thing with distributing is, yourself is it's all about marketing you know the distribution side of things, you know, you can easily get your film. Well, not easily, but um, you've got to jump through hoops, and it's getting harder. Well, content-wise, when you make horror films, especially, um, what the what the what content they'll allow on the likes of Amazon Prime and Netflix, it's getting. They seem to be clamping down on showing, you know, cocks and fannies and tits and stuff. Right. Uh, even though you've got like the likes of Game of Thrones where you've got them all over the place and seems, seems to be different rules for different people, to be honest. But I mean, distribution, you can, you can easily, you can easily, um, make DVDs yourself, you know, you know, you can get them printed and everything and Blu-rays. The whole problem then is the marketing, you know, people have to know about it to buy it, you know? Yeah. Um, which is another thing with a lot of the small distributors, they don't do any marketing, um, especially compared to what they used to do. You know, I remember when my first film came out, you know, there was, you know, there was like half page adverts in in magazines and on websites and stuff like that. You know, as these days, there seems to be very little actually advertising, you know, um, you've got to try and, you know, get as many reviews as... I mean, obviously, there's loads of places that'll review stuff, but it just seems to me, from our point of view, neither of my last two films have really been marketed at all, um, which is obviously part of the reason I've hardly made any money back, because when you go on Amazon Prime or Netflix, for example, um, if you get your film on there... um, it's a lot easier for other people, for people to find it when they're not looking for it, you know, cause they'll get, you know, it'll get recommended to them or they'll get pointed to it. You know, the way the algorithms work, but if you're just selling a, a DVD through your own website, which I've tried doing in my last two films to very, which totally failed personally. Um, you know, that's, that's the problem with self-distribution I think is the actual marketing side of it. Yeah. So unless you're going to spend thousands on ad advertising, which kind of nullifies the whole point of it? Then, you know, I think that's the the big issue with self distribution.
0: Yeah, it's not it's it's not um it's not the answer for sure. But it's whether filmmakers stand a better chance. Like I don't know if you know, there's platforms like Vimeo and YouTube do it where you can, especially Vimeo, you can um, easily upload it and charge a oh, yeah 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 fee yeah. rather yeah. than DVDs and Blu-rays. Like that wouldn't even cross my mind now to. I don't even know if people have that sort of stuff anymore, do they? I know I I buy them. I mean, I filmmaker. think I suppose, I
1: think I mentioned DVDs because um, I mean I can't remember the last you know. um Well, I, I do buy the odd DVD now and again, but I think I mentioned DVDs mainly because I couldn't be best friends, are total total collectors, you know. Right. So I'm always talking about DVDs with them, so I think that's why I'm kind of going on about DVDs and actual hard copies, although they're adamant that. Hard you know, I suppose it's a bit like vinyl, it's supposed to be making a comeback. But yeah, it's definitely all about um video on demand and downloads. And it is, like you say, absolutely simple to go on Vimeo or YouTube and then, you know, charge three quid to download your film. But again, people, people have to know people have to know it's there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean obviously you've got Facebook and stuff like that, which are brilliant for marketing. Um but it, it takes a hell of a lot of work, you know, to you know, just to for example, to, to go back to my rock night, I used to do a lot of stand-up comedy. Um, I used to perform comedy and I used to do male burlesque. Um, and I used to run a, a lot of stand-up comedy shows in the Northeast. But like 20 years ago, when I first started doing it, I would literally have to go, I would print off flyers. You know, I would I think, you know, um, I think I used to, God knows what computer it was 20 years ago, but, you know, I'd print out shitty little flyers i will get them photocopied then i will go around the student areas posting them through letterboxes. Take me bloody hours, you know, do it in the pissing rain. Whereas these days you go on face, you know, on me grindhouse rock night page, we've got four and a half thousand followers. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to leave my laptop to promote the, to promote events. You know, so obviously with films, you know, you've got to have your, your Facebook page, for example, um, Twitter and everything. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you've got social media is a great way of advertising your product. Um, but I still think, you know, um, for proper levels of marketing, you need to, you know, you, you almost get what you pay for, you know.
0: But I I imagine you managed to build up that four and a half thousand uh, likes on Facebook because of people coming to your night and it was over time, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I wonder, like, a lot, I, I, a lot of what's been on my mind recently is thinking along the same lines is do you, do you try to cre- create as much content off your own back in order to try and build a fan base
1: well um my first zombie film the um the facebook page on that's actually got twelve and a half thousand followers right um which is a you know it's a relatively lot of
0: i would say it's a lot yeah
1: yeah it's it's you know obviously there's plenty of films with a hell of a lot more but a lot of films at my level, especially, you know, you're just talking one or two thousand. Um, I don't even know we've got that many to start with. I know my wife spent a lot, of, you know, my wife at the time spent a lot of time inviting people to like the page and stuff. And I think, cause, cause we got a lot, a lot of publicity at Cannes that year with it, because, you know, the first zombie film at Cannes in 2010, we went with a sales agent. Zwas, uh, was Zombie Woman of Satan was, was kind of that year. It was kind of the, you know, the, I don't know how you'd call it, like the cheesy standout horror film, you know. Right. The one the one that were, you know, t- to a very small extent. But we did a photo shoot on the beach once, one day that w- the sales agent arranged. <clears throat> and I think it was probably the most famous I've ever felt in my life. You know, there was me and about, because we went over with about six zombie girls and, the, and a couple of the main cast. And we were stood on the beach with a huge circle of, paparazzi taking pictures of us you know <laughs> and uh the day we left Cannes, I, I was in the airport waiting for the plane and i got a phone call off the main tv station it's tv station in france asking me if i'd go in for an interview that was you know i was literally about half an hour away from getting on the plane so i had to say no but um i think the first film got loads of publicity you know and it, it was on at fright fest as well which is brilliant Um, got a lot of publicity through that even though it got totally slagged you know 90% of the reviews for most of my films are crap, you know, all slagging it off Um, you know, just read the reviews but the first one especially has got quite a cult following Um, the the first film was actually uploaded to YouTube illegally by someone Um, and when I actually found out it had thousands and thousands of views and at the time i thought well i'll just leave it because it's not really impacting me i didn't think at the time um because this was kind of well after it had been released um and by the time it actually disappeared it, it had 1.8 million views you know and i actually got a screenshot to prove it you know because no one's going to believe me when it's disappeared but i couldn't believe it, it got like 1.8 million views you know i mean it might have been just been the first two minutes or something but the amount of views it got just staggered me, you know. Um, so obviously, I had quite a, like you say, it is you, you, you know, the the bigger profile you can build in a, in advance as well, um, the better, you know. You just got to plug and plug away, getting your getting your film known, you know.
0: Well, the cynical part of me says, well, that was one point eight million people who come across your film and were willing to watch it. It just sounds like they weren't willing to pay for it. Well, exactly. <laughs> so that says a lot about where we're at as well at the moment with the idea. Well, of people yeah, illegally.
1: totally. Um, when it's so easy sold, to
0: watch. If you'd it's sold so... 1.8 million copies for free quid, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: totally. Absolutely. Um, like you say, though, I do get the feeling if it hadn't have been on YouTube, you know, most of them people wouldn't have even known it was there. Obviously, right. you know, they'd have been pointed to it on YouTube, you know, with a, Algorithm would have, um, but yeah, if I if I could have sold one point eight million copies of the DVD, yeah, um, I'd have been you know. I've have often
0: been. said that about. So I think the film I edited that was the biggest budget that I've worked on. I think that went up on YouTube pretty soon after it was released on DVD, and um, I remember thinking obviously because I'm not the money man, but it's great that that you know people are going to see it. People are going to watch it and stuff which was obviously good for the film yeah. but not for the money men because that's exactly, people yeah. just watching it for well, free.
1: A big reason a big part of the reason I left it on YouTube was cuz I thought it was great publicity for the for the coming sequel,
0: you know. Right, right, right. Um
1: also um it's really weird how we got the American deal cuz I got you know the um we got uh, I think um I think yeah, it was Revolver who released it, the first film in Britain, in 2010. And I think we got about 12 grand off them. Um, and it was all through um, a guy called Mike Hewitt, who I'm not, I think he works might work for Arrow now. But he really pushed the film right from the very start. Without him, I might not even have a film career because he, he got the film released because I think he was working at Revolver at the time and he got into Fright Fest. And he really helped us. You know, it was a massive kind of support for the for the film you know even though it kind of it maybe regrets it now since all the bad reviews it got but um you know that wasn't anything to do with him he, he was just great at getting it out there for us but when the first film came out in britain it went on the torrent sites and it went it went mad on the torrent sites and i actually on the imdb what is it the starometer thing on imdb mm mm-hmm. I skyrocketed up the charts, and I only found out because we i didn't even i didn't even have i m d b pro but um my co producer on the first film had seen it, and I had gone s- sky high you know I was above like ridiculous people like you know i wasn't that high, but I was like about three hundred and fifty or something like I was above like really well known people you know and i'm just a shitty little filmmaker <laughs> but this the amount of torrents and the and the starometer thing we uh we kind of sent them facts to a couple of american distribution companies and on the back of that we got the american distribution deal i think it was like $25,000 but i think that that was purely because of the torrent sites you know um right so it kind of shows in one way that the illegal bootleggers can actually have a positive
0: <laughs> yeah you know, yeah I mean, a way
1: was, i don't know if that was a one off but no, I I've, think... I've thought
0: about that a lot. I have thought about that a lot. Is it, is it just a way of getting people to watch your film that in the long run yeah. is going to do you... Like I heard of a, a musician the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they, they bought either followers or listens on their yeah. YouTube page. Uh, and and they walked into a meeting and said, look, I've got this many listens and he got a record a record deal out of it. Yeah. So there are ways of obviously taking a bad situation... But there, you know, it almost feels like that happens once, but probably not again. Well, I mean, you can't bank I th- on that being your. No,
1: but I think that's quite a common thing, isn't it? People paying for likes and yeah, and all the social media influences. The I don't know, you I don't even know how you do it, but they buy the likes, you know. But um,
0: it's quite easy, I think. I've never done it, but you can. It must Google, be, yeah. You can Google companies and they'll do it for you. You just yeah. pay, and they'll say, "Well, your video will have ten thousand views by tomorrow <laughs> afternoon or something."
1: I think another thing as well, like you say, about... seems to be a thing, I don't know how long it's been going on, but making kind of the fan films. Mm. Um, Some of them go, you know, I've got a few kind of friend-stroke acquaintances who've made really good fan films, and they've got millions of views on YouTube, you know. Yeah. Um, And and that's obviously great publicity for them as director, you know, because the film probably wouldn't... You know, if they'd made an original film... Of the same quality, it wouldn't have the it wouldn't have the built-in fan base, you know. But exactly. you know, it's, it's got their name out there to producers, you know. And that's I'm pretty sure with the two main guys I know who've done really good fan films, I can pretty much see them both going on to you know getting decent original directing jobs, you know. Um, yeah, because
0: you're kind of you're jumping on, like you say, an inbuilt fan base. Yeah, yeah. And so the chances of many many people watching it is high as long as you do a good job because the result would obviously be devastating if you did a bad job because then everyone's seen you and the shit well, yeah. film that you made <laughs> i mean it
1: depends how you pitch it as well you know so you like, gotta be quite um, careful maybe i mean i'm that. doing a. i've got a short film i'm planning to do well, i've been planning to do it for a few months but it keeps getting having to be postponed for various reasons but it involves like jason freddie leatherface and uh, michael myers Right. You know, so so that'll probably get quite a lot of views purely because of who's in it. I mean, it's just a daft two-minute comedy, and I do think the script's actually quite funny. Um, You know, without blowing me on trumpet, obviously. But I think because it's them four in it, if it, you know, if it was just four normal guys, then it's just four normal guys. But so that is kind of, in a way, um, you know, just totally mercenary of me nicking them characters for a bit of extra publicity. You know, but.
0: And even it, it if you get sued, works. that's probably a good thing.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, if you get your film banned, you know, like, it's yeah. it's great. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously, at the, front, at the front of your fan films, you just put, you know, you just put, this is a fan film. It's not affiliated anyway. You know, there's a, all the fan films have the same disclaimer at the start, you know. And right. That just seems how they get away with it. Um,
0: and I think they have to prove loss of earnings anyway.
1: Oh, uh, so, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, you're not allowed to make anything from it and, you know, I I don't know, the ins and outs. I'm just making a a daft two-minute comedy, but yeah, I'll probably get... I'll probably get kicked off YouTube or something.
0: Well, (laughs) we should sort of segue at some point to your film. I know we've sort of touched upon it. Yeah,
1: well, you can always cut all this out and...
0: No, no, it's great, it's great. It's just...
1: (laughs) Your podcast, put on what you want.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is for me. I I, I doubt anyone's actually going to be listening, kind of, to, (laughs) to wrap up Sort of what we've been talking about i I do things for love, and I, I and this is partly it, and I kind of just want to talk to filmmakers and kind of, like I said earlier, get as much information from them as possible in the hope that maybe a light bulb goes off in my mind, and you know I can do yeah, I can, well, I can it yeah, well it's always about off.
1: network networking's a massive thing
0: um, and this has been great already, like i said I've only done three, but they've all been oh you're the fourth actually, I said episode three i haven't released episode three, so you're the fourth um yeah. And it's come up in all four, not three, so um but, but one thing i because we we have sort of touched upon it, and the thing that obviously I noticed about your film firstly was the sound quality, and you might just you think, well, yeah, obviously, but I don't because most first feature films made by filmmakers, the sound is in not so many words awful but certainly noticeable, and there was a a quality about your sound that I just it just felt. The, right, first, you know. the
1: first film probably got the best sound quality of all the films, you know, because right. we had the best
0: crew. To be honest, um, I think, and I think you can tell, you know, because I, yeah,
1: I'll, I mean, it, I'd, obviously, I was naive at the time and I didn't realise, but I was lucky that I had a a guy called Steve O'Brien co-producing it, who knew all the technical stuff, right? Who put the who put the crew together? Uh, you know, without him, I couldn't have done it. You know, um, but he, you know the the first film is technically really good. Um, you know, whatever else you might like, you know, that's what annoys me when you get slagged off to some extent. I know that your average viewer doesn't really care. They just expect it to be top quality, but they don't realize, you know, how much, how hard it is to get that quality. But yeah. Um, second film, we had a decent sound guy as well. The third film was basically one of my mates um, who'd never done sound before. Um, using you know a cheaper sound recorder so the sound on my third film is the weakest of the lot but i've done short films myself where i've learned how important it is to have a separate proper sound recordist yeah you know because a lot of films you know for budget or whatever if you've got like a you know a kind of cheap level kind of camera camera um and you're just recording into the camera the sound like you're saying the sound's gonna be shit. yeah and yeah. the sound is hyper important a lot of people don't realize how important it is
0: well it meant i i only noticed it because i was sort of expecting it i was you know at that level of filmmaking you're thinking well the sound the fact that i hadn't noticed it made me notice it but obviously because yeah. i'm yeah. looking out for it at this level so i you know when you talk about it going to can and things and, and dvd i can see why it probably did so well from a technical level well, exactly. it felt yeah. bigger budget, but I personally I don't know why or how people can slag it off too much because I, I really enjoyed it, but it's of a type you know, and this is what I think is going to well, exactly it's going um, segue back to us talking about a built-in audience because that genre, whilst it's not one that I'm particularly familiar with, I feel like will have a very hardcore love for that type of film.
1: Yeah, like I say, I've um, the, the main character that I play, Pervo the Clown, is quite, you know, to, on a small level, not so much these days, but he did become quite a cult little horror icon. You know, I used to get sent pictures of people who'd gone to parties and stuff dressed up as him, you know. Right. Um, so like you say, it, it is kind of a, there was a niche for it,
0: and like I say, it was kind of like a carry-on zombie film. Um, Did you go in knowing knowing that, or was that just purely because that's what you wanted to make? What? Sorry. The, the I, idea that there there was going to be this cult sort of horror icon. Did um, you?
1: Not not so much. No, it's just that was the kind of film I wanted to make. You know, right? Um, a lot of the a lot of the comments remark upon the you know the immaturity of it. Um,
0: but that's kind of the <laughs> kind of the point, isn't it?
1: Well, that's <laughs> well, that's basically just me, you know, um you know a lot of, like I say, a lot of people love it, uh, but it seems to be a lot more people hated it, but um, like you say, there was a niche for it, you know, um right. you're never gonna win an Oscar or anything like that, that was never the point, you know, it was just to make this you know it adult... all, I think I wanted to make a film since I was about twelve years old, um and then obviously well, not obviously, but you know i I met my first wife and got married and had kids and kind of everything you know 10 years I didn't really do anything creative then I got back into doing stand-up actually and the reason I got into doing stand-up was because I wanted to start being a writer you know I was initially planning to to be an author um, which I'm thinking about trying to get back into now because screenplays are a way for me anyway a hell of a lot easier to write than a novel Um, but I've always I've written a couple of novels in the past but they were both awful but I got into stand-up because I wanted to get into writing and people at the time, especially comedy, people were saying, well, try and make a name for yourself as a stand-up and then, you know, it'll help your re- writing career. Right. And then the, the stand-up kind of led into the performing, which led to the acting, you know, and then it was kind of merging the acting with the writing and just the love of creating stories is the overriding factor, I think. I love making stories up, you know. Um, especially bizarre, weird. You know, I hate normal stuff. Um, I much prefer weird, bizarre, off the wall kind of stuff. You know. Um, so. But they're they're harder lost... to
0: do, aren't they? budget Sorry. They're harder to do. What? I've the lost... weird sort of uh, out there. Yeah, stuff. they
1: are in a way. Um, it'd be a lot easier to do if I had money, you know. But because um, obviously, without you know, it's easy to make a drama, you know. Mm with no money because it's just a regular setting with regular dressed people. Whereas I like to do weird stuff, um, which is hard to do with no money because I'd love to have, you know, weird, you know, like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses kind of settings or, you know, Terry Gilliam kind of film or, you know, Blade Runner or just stuff that you can't do on no money, you know.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i I guess i've only i've only ever made dramas but but it's because it's the the cheapest it's not necessarily what i um want to it's just the yeah yeah, my means
1: well exactly yeah um but i've also been lucky in a way that i've got quite a lot of you know i know quite a lot of people in a lot of different fields because of all the stand-up and burlesque and i used to do a lot of freak show kind of performing and all the weird stuff i've done you know it's kind of helped with costumes and locations and you know and i do think like i've said um kind of networking and again as most people you know if you read your books on it as well you kind of work when you're writing a film at our level or my level you kind of work backwards from what you've got you know you base your script your story around the locations you can get you know the the costumes you can get, if you've got any good props, you know, if you can get a couple of, you know, if you can get a motorboat, for example, you know, write into your script, you know, anything y- you can get, which will increase the production values, y- you almost write your script backwards around, you know, if you can, you know, Um that's a, you know, that's a great tip if you haven't even heard of that one, which I'm sure everyone has, but.
0: No, but an, an important one, because I've just launched, um, I've just launched this, uh, filmmaking society on facebook and we've been looking for scripts the idea purely just to kind of make stuff not for money not for any other means apart from trying to get a bunch of people together to make some stuff and we've looked for scripts and whilst they've all been a pretty good read they're unfilmable
1: yeah well
0: not without like a couple of million quid because i don't think many writers actually do consider well the fact that someone might need to make uh... their script with no money
1: couple couple of months ago i put an advert on a couple of a couple of the merger screenwriting sites uh, i think they're both based in america where you know loads of professional or semi-professional or amateur writers go on and i advertise for some feature scripts um and i totally agree everything i've got back is unfilmable or i'm not interested in it because to me this doesn't interest me mm-hmm. but um I don't know if I've, well, I didn't give the, I'm sure I said, you know, micro budget kind of thing, but they're sending scripts that you need millions of pounds for, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
0: another, it's, I think uh, it's the only but, reason I actually got into screenwriting. So I'm a writer as well, and I obviously try to write as much as I can. And it's probably where I sort of probably spend most of my time now because it's free. You know, you can yes, do it. Yes, I'm the same. You can do it with your day and not have to... Exactly. Uh, but it's because I couldn't find anything I was interested in. So I had to start writing in order yeah. to yeah, feed my own ambitions to make stuff. And I, yeah, I, I kind of... So you and I are similar in that we've made stuff and understood the process of writing, perhaps from a producer's point of view, of like yeah. when you're writing, you're probably thinking, well, I've got to make this at some point. Well,
1: so. exactly, 100%. That's partly why it takes me so long to write a script. yeah, Because I'm writing it because i know i'm making i'm thinking all right i'm writing this can i actually get that location right you know, exactly. is this feasible basically everything i write is it feasible you know
0: most um, writers perhaps haven't they don't do that because they're not thinking from a well, if they're, point if they're, of they're view. not
1: self-producing exactly they're just writing to sell it there is no limits you can write with with the hope that you know james cameron's going to produce make it or something you know when money's not an object you can write what you want but
0: and I did have a comment the other day. I, I, you know, I I don't want to pick people out necessarily and say he was wrong, but he did say because I I've put up this page or this uh, document basically saying like here's the limitations, requirements, and limitations of of the script. These are the things yeah. that we can't have. These are the things we need. Da 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 da. And one of the comments again, I I don't think he meant it um, sneeringly, but he sort of said that's too many limitations. Give me a haunted looking house, and I'll write you a great horror. <laughs> And I think I wrote back something like limitations equals creativity or something like yeah. you know, the more the limitations, the more creative you have to be. And, I, and that's the way I kind of see it is that anyone can write a horror for a, a scary looking house. Try yeah. and write a horror for a regular I'll, looking house.
1: Try writing a horror about two people where one's a serial killer and one isn't and live in the same house.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to go away and, and write that, are you? No, I'm not. I'm going to wait
1: and see yours. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I've My got phone. a few. So I've been I've been working honestly on about I, every time I I'm constantly thinking two people, two people, two people, two people. Yeah. What story can I tell with two people, one location, two people? And yeah. I, I've come up with about five ideas that I'm pretty pretty keen on. So I'm going to at some point. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm writing something at the moment, but it's not a a two person one. This is a a much bigger a very simple film one one i actually released 10 pages of it on uh online today um one location it's set in, at christmas but we need the for the society we can have more actors and more roles but for uh, my own budgeted films yeah i'm trying to look for something with two people and i like i said i've got a few yeah, ideas. yeah i've done but... a
1: couple of short films lately which i haven't written because i asked about short film scripts and i found i get a lot more short film scripts yeah i mean obviously it's a lot it's gonna you know purely by the fact it's a lot shorter it's gonna be easier to make but I'm also getting short scripts that actually interest me or I like, whereas I've never had, I've had about, I must have had about 30 or 40 feature film scripts sent in the last couple of months. And not one of them's interested me in the slightest. Right. That's just my taste. You know, that's just down to my taste. But um, to me, they're just all cliche, boring ideas, you know, but um, I've had some decent short films that I've made, and but they've, you know, the last two were both or well, two of them were two people ones. And one of them was just like a monologue. Right. Um, But yeah, short films. um, I don't think I could write a feature film with two people. You know,
0: Um, I I did. um, I've managed it a couple of times, but uh, I haven't made them yet. Obviously, but I've managed to get to the end without only ever uh, using two characters, and it's not easy. So it's possible, but you just got to have a.
1: It's definitely possible. You know, you just got to be a better writer than me. I think. No, (laughs) no, it's not. It's.
0: I don't know if it's about being better. It's. um, it's the idea you've got to find the idea once you've got that yeah, idea then, then... Obviously with
1: two people you're gonna have to keep the interest level you know? yeah
0: yeah yeah um
1: so yeah there's a hell of a lot more thought would have to go into it isn't there than yeah you know the. i mean you, you don't want too many characters even if you've got a big budget too many characters you'll just you know it's just like you don't know what's going on you've always got to keep your characters you know to a manageable level um
0: I, th- I think even yeah. from a writing exercise, for writers in general, try and write a feature with two characters. Oh,
1: aye. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, te- I- I'm awful for p- procrastinating with me writing. Um, I love writing as well, but I don't know. I've got some... I almost get scared of uh, <laughs> writing the next page, you know. Um, it's a, a weird relationship I have with writing.
0: But I always say about writing, you- you're writing even when you're not writing, though. I spend most of my time thinking. about
1: Yeah, ideas. that's why my wife thinks I'm just sat staring into space. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm just trying to yeah, think yeah. where my script's going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: I used to go on holiday with my wife and kids. You know, when I first started writing, and I would just spend the entire holiday writing. You know, I because, like I said, I'm I'm kind of a workaholic and I'm not passionate. Um, you know, I can't just sit around doing nothing. You know, I can't go on a beach holiday and just lie. You know, relaxing and chilling. I would always have my notepad next to me. I'd be writing ideas down constantly, you know? So yeah. like you say, I, I'm always, you know, and if I'm not thinking of the script, I'm thinking of, you know, where can I get this prop from? Who can I ask to get this location for nothing, you know? Yeah. Um. So with me, it's a 24 seven job, you know, uh, you know, not, not even a job, it's a passion, you know? Um.
0: Yeah. I think we're very similar. Like you should see my notes on my, so we don't have a pad, I have a phone obviously. You should see I'm just constantly writing.
1: Yeah.
0: Constantly writing notes. And I, I, I kind of think they're, they're a, a good and a bad thing for a writer, purely because I used to have the attitude of your, your best ideas you shouldn't need to write down because you'll remember them forever.
1: Yeah. Well, I thought, I've often thought that and then I've forgotten them.
0: Yeah. And then I heard <laughs> so, someone say that they, they forgot an idea once and I thought, oh, fuck that. I'm, yeah, I'm right. I've, i Yeah, I don't believe that
1: anymore. Like you say, I've, I've woken up in the middle of the night with a brilliant idea. Thought, oh, that's so good. I'm not even, you know, I haven't got anything to hand. I'm not even going to, I would sometimes go downstairs and get some, but that's so good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget that. And then in right. the morning, I've forgotten it, you know, and you gutted. um But yeah, I'm always making notes on my laptop, basically. I've always sat on my laptop. So,
0: because the, the the best idea will still win out because whilst you've written them down, it's it's nice to know that they're there if you do forget. And I've forgotten a few and I've gone back and found it and gone, oh, yeah, how did I forget that? But you just do. So then, when you are thinking about something, the one that you think about the most will be the one that you should probably sort of attend yeah. to. Yeah, you know, that's the one that you probably need to write, maybe, or work on. Yeah,
1: but a lot of like talking about ideas when you're thinking of like the next idea for a plot twist or or whatever, you, you're often told, or you know, it's often suggested, you shouldn't go with the first idea. You know, you hmm. have as you know. I find hard, I find it hard not to think of as many ideas. You know, it depends what you what idea you're thinking about, but you know, try and think as many as many as possible. I don't
0: know. It's, um, also, a lateral lateral thinking type. Yeah, thing. I mean,
1: I think all when I write as well, I'm crap at planning stuff out. You know, I just play, right. I basically just start and and just keep writing. You know, and I, I may, literally make it up as I go along. Um, I just find that's. I just find it hard to actually plan. I mean, I do make a bit, you know, I've got a rough, a very, very rough idea of what's happening, you know, and rough characters, and but things always happen as you write it. Because I think I think if I wrote it all, you know, a lot of people would basically write it out scene by scene from start to finish, and then I think, well, what's what's the excitement in writing it then? You know, I mean, obviously the excitement's from from making the scenes, but I just love. Just getting, just starting and keep going. And then, and I always come up with brilliant, well, not brilliant, you know, <laughs> just things happen in my head. You think, oh, shit, that would be great, you know. Yeah. You know, and you, t- you, car- you know, and your characters take over, and you think, you know, well, at this point, he would do this, you know. So I wasn't planning for that, but it wouldn't be realistic if he didn't do that now, you know. I think um, for me,
0: the reason I, so I bullet point the film. Um, because yeah. I think it's the easiest way of seeing where something, you can see it. I, I do seventy-five bullet points, yeah, and I can kind of see the film without having to write seventy-five, yeah. eighty, ninety pages. Well,
1: uh, I mean, I but think then, that's what I'll do it.
0: The same happens though. as what you've just described. So yeah. even though you've got yeah. the um, the bullet points, instantly on page one something changed instantly. Yeah. But you've you've kind of always got the bullet points. Yeah, to fall back on if you ever write yourself into a bit of a, a bit of a muddy puddle.
1: I'm gonna yeah. I keep saying I'm gonna do that next because I love bullet points especially, and I always say the next film I'm gonna write, I'm gonna kind of write down you know.
0: I did it. So I'm writing a a murder mystery called uh, Who Killed Santa, and it's obviously the plot is quite important because things need to happen at certain times, and I couldn't rely on the fact that I was gonna be able to write it so that things happened yeah. where they should happen. So I had to sort of plot it out by bullet points. And and yeah, I, I, I've tried to write a film without doing that. Like you say, it almost just freehand kind of sat down yeah. and, let, and let it come out. And inevitably I got to page 60 and thought, oh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I, yeah. and I hit writer's block and I had to stop because I was like, it's done. Like, I don't I know. know. And I scrapped it. So and I went right. No, don't do that again. Don't think you know. Don't think you're brilliant, and that you can I'll, just I'll write often, a film. Few...
1: I'll often like similar to you. I'll often start writing my film, and then I will have to take like a, a two-week break from it. Right. Where I, where I'm constantly in my head, I'm. You're still writing. About, I'm still writing in my head. Yeah, like you yeah. said. Whereas if yeah. I like you said, if I'd done the bullet points to start with, I wouldn't. You know.
0: Yeah, the writing's the, the easy of, bit.
1: In the end, it all kind of averages out to the same length of time. It's just how it's yeah. how you do it. You
0: know? But you can kind of see where, the, like I said, you can see where the weak points are in the script maybe. Perhaps your ending, yeah. your third act isn't that good and it could do with some improvements so you can spend your time thinking about the end of the film or the beginning yeah. of the film. And all you've got to do is add a bullet, bullet point or take one away. You don't have to write ten pages. Do you know what I mean? Like if you can kind of get a, a structure and bullet points where you're kind of looking at it, kind of going, okay, that happens, that happens, that happens... I kind of feel like you can almost then just forget about it. Like, you don't write to the bullet points. You don't go, okay, what's the next bullet point? But it's just there yeah. in case you get lost when you're writing. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah but like you say, it's just it's just getting your head around the idea that you, it actually might feel like more work, but perhaps in the long run it won't be because you don't have to spend two weeks it's, yeah, thinking it's about... it
1: with me, it's not a case of time. It's just a case of I'd find it boring to do it that way. You know. I right. don't know. You almost I want don't the know.
0: writing to be the enjoyable process of kind of discovering it, right? I can yeah. kind of get that. I
1: don't know, it's a bit...
0: Uh, but every... Yeah. You know, you've made more feature films than me, obviously, so I don't think I have much of a, a say in the, the argument. But everything I've read, every writer that I've watched... Everyone always kind of says, uh, "Structure, get your structure." Oh, I've down. read,
1: I've read literally dozens of write books on writing, um, and I know I do it totally. The you know, <laughs> I don't think I don't know if I've read anyone that says write it like I write it. You know, right. I know I know just the writers who, I know the writers. I've got friends who do it like me. You know, just just start writing. You know, um,
0: to be fair, the Cohen brothers. Do you know who they I mean, are? The Cohen yeah. brothers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently they do it that way. Yeah. But they're one of what? How many writers? Like there aren't many.
1: Oh, no. Like I say, I've written, I've written all the classic books on writing. And um, so I do, you know, I've, I've kind of forgotten it all now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I should, you know, I totally know that all the, you know.
0: But you can't help. The... You can't help the way you want to write. So it's like, well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can't help it. <laughs>
0: um, but it's yeah. kind of, the, maybe the bullet points are already there in your head though. I kind of feel like before I've even written the bullet points, they're already there. I've been thinking Well, about
1: yeah, it. that is probably absolutely true. You know, like I said, I'm not writing absolutely blind. I'm not literally mm. making up as I go along. You know, the whole kind of film is loosely in my head. Yeah. Or even in my subconscious. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, just... I feel like I can watch my film before I've written it.
1: Yeah, totally. I've... Yeah, yeah. Because
0: I, I don't know about you. I imagine you do, but I watch quite a lot of films, so I think I have a very visual uh, imagination and kind I of. I
1: don't actually watch that many films oh, because okay. I've got
0: a very short attention span. Um... Well, you, you're <laughs> doing quite well then. We're over an hour, I think. So is this, is this a struggle? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is me talking. You know, I'm talking about myself, so, honestly. Uh... Oh
0: yeah, so we can go for hours. <laughs> obviously,
1: as well. I love talking to other filmmakers as well. You know, some most interesting people I can talk to is other filmmakers. Um, But yeah, I find it, I I often find it very hard. I'll watch, I'll watch loads of films, but I'll skim through them because I can't, I just get too, I'm too impatient. You want to know what happens? Anything. I mean, I'm impatient. Um, Everything has to be done yesterday. You know, to the extent of watching a film is I can't be bothered to sit through two hours. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I do watch films.
0: Um, I have to go to the cinema now, though. I haven't like, been
1: to the cinema. F- I haven't been to the cinema for years. Um, the reason
0: being is, I'll be on. Uh, if I'm bored after five minutes, I'll I'll be on my laptop. I'll be thinking about other things. Yeah. I'll be on my phone, and uh, I find it impossible to watch films that I haven't seen before at home. I'll watch films yeah. that I've seen before because you can kind of drift in and out of them. Yeah. But uh, new films, I really struggle with because yeah I, I kind of feel too distracted being at home whereas going to the cinema you're kind of there you're locked in so yeah the,
1: I, honestly I haven't been to cinema for years which isn't kind of even a it's just being lazy really I'm very lazy as well um well
0: and covid so you, you kind yeah, of
1: <laughs> covid uh, <laughs> but I, yeah I have been to cinema for years I watch most I, you know
0: watch all my films on the telly you know dvd or streamed or what sort of films do you find yourself um, watching? Because obviously, I, we are talking about zombie women of Satan. Because I still, I still kind of allude to the fact that it's of a type—a very, you have a very well, we strong. Haven't,
1: we haven't talked about it as much as you probably wanted. Have no, you? no, we have. In a
0: way, we kind of have. Because, like I said, um, it's
1: been a much more generic talk about filmmaking, hasn't it? That's
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. We go with the flow. This is the. So I, I've I've got bullet points written down here on the side that I've been trying to follow, <laughs> well, but our conversation just goes where it we wants can, to.
1: Uh, I mean, before we wrap up, which, you know, I'll have to wrap up soonish, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, cool. there's, if there's questions you specifically want to ask about the first film, we, we should do them as well. But film wise, I mean, I um, I watch, I do watch, um, a lot of horror, a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of the reason for it is research, you know, um, and I've been watching quite a lot of extreme horror at the moment, you know, see quality and what you can actually get away with. And I've I've been speaking to a few extreme horror um, distribution bosses lately as well, um, all as research for me, the next film I want to do, you know. Um, so I do watch a lot of horror, you know, the book, I mean, I haven't got a massive DVD collection, but the biggest genre rep- represent- represented would easily be horror. Um, But my favourite films are stuff like um, Fight Club and um, 12 Monkeys and Blade Runner. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. Like I said before, I love Rob Zombie.
0: Um, I was going to say, yeah, uh, Devil's Rejects, I kind of get a vibe that your uh, zombie women of Satan was influenced by. Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, like I said, um, Rob Zombie's... My hero, you know, not a hero, just a huge inspiration. Like,
0: yeah,
1: Charlie Charlie Chaplin is my other inspiration. Um, from you know, you know, because he he was a control freak. He used to make, you know, when he used to make his films, he used to do everything. He was, you know, he could do it, you know, he basically did everything on on his films. Um, but I loved his old, you know, I love his black and white comedy films, you know. And when I used to do male burlesque, I, me. Me kind of most well-known act was Charlie Chaplin, you know. Um, right. But um, if you have, if you ever get the inclination to watch my third film, that's a lot more Rob Zombie-ish, really. You know, and that's the one that got compared to Rob Zombie, which, like I said, was o- I, w- I was over the moon, you know, to be compared to him, you know, because that was kind of the vibe I was going for. Um. So that was great. Um, yeah, I will. I'll I'll
0: check it out. Cuz like I said I re- I really enjoyed your first. I know you said the budget sort of went down with each one, but well, I still think you you as a filmmaker will probably still be there even though the budgets aren't as high.
1: Well, the, the sequels, you know, definitely I think whatever you thought of the first one, you'll think the same to the second one, you know, cuz it's it's just the sequel it's very much the same theme and um, you know, totally different story, but you know, it's totally the
0: same <laughs> characters, humour.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whatever you think of the first one, you think of the second one. Um, and the third, like I said, the third one is much more kind of almost, you know, serious. You know, it's less, it's less Ben Hill. But, um, but yeah. Have you got? Have you got any specific other questions for the first film? You know, because I don't want to. No.
0: I, do you know what? I, I don't feel as though we've already talked about it, but. I, I I think we have. We genuinely have. I, I, I've, we you you'll be surprised. I think you've answered pretty much all of my questions that I've got there. So this is what I mean. This is exactly what I'm saying about the writing. It's strange how you can kind of have all these. Because uh,
1: with, with, the, with the first film, obviously, there's there's loads. Of all the, it's zombie women. of... I mean, it was originally called Zombie Halls of Satan. Right. Zombie Halls. Zombie Halls of Satan was my initial. I mean, and it all stemmed from the title the title the zombie Horse of satan popped into my head one day and i thought oh that that's got to be a film that uh so i got talking to a mate who i'd made this film with earlier um called freakorama which was another kind of weird bizarre it was about clowns who lived in a bunker from another planet and <laughs> it, he was a film student at the time um and he'd actually approached me um so we we, co- we co- collaborated on making that He was called Chris Greenrunner, and I said to Chris, I've got this great idea called Zombie Whores of Satan. And he said, well, I would maybe tone it down slightly for (laughs) marketing and call it Zombie Women of Satan, (laughs) which is, you know, fair enough. Absolutely. But um, the film all stemmed from that. But the fact that I was was a burlesque performer at the time, I knew loads of, you know, kind of hot girls, so to speak. Um, So that helped me a lot to get the cast for the film, you know, the fact of who I knew. Um, and cause I, I had this car-
0: sorry. Yeah. That was one of my questions, the casting. How did you get so yeah, many um, people willing?
1: Exactly. It's not easy. And it was easier for me then than it is these days because I was, I was kind of working in the, in-, in an industry, uh, you know, burlesque where there's a lot of, you know, hot girls involved personally, <laughs> who uh, I roped into the film. Um, Seymour Mace, who plays Johnny Hellfire, who has all the funniest lines, which were all improvised by him, because he's genuinely a very funny guy. He's a great stand-up, and he actually didn't... I think he's disowned the film, because he didn't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which, I don't know why, you know, fair enough, it's totally his own. But he'd, you know, he'd seen the script, and like I said, the funniest lines in the film are probably all the lines that he improvised on the day. But um, I knew him through stand-up, you know, Um So I got him through stand up. Um, I think the others were, some of the other roles were cast through Star Now, you know, casting agency. And the crew, like I said, the crew was put together by my mate Steve, who is a local filmmaker, uh, director, kind of produce. Well, Steve can basically do, without Steve, none of my first three films would have been finished, you know, because he did all the editing on them not so much on the first one, uh, the second and the third one, he did all the editing, because that was, I mean, I'm hoping to edit my fourth feature myself, because I think I'm hopefully good enough to do it, but, um, well, I'm going to get them, I'm still learning. Um, But like I said, Steve really helped on the technical side of things, with the first film, second film, Chris, who I mentioned earlier, who I made the first bizarre short film with, who suggested changing the name wasn't involved in the first film, but he was co-director stroke main director on the, on the second film with another friend of ours, Dave Mordy on camera um, and a few other friends helping out in the crew. You know, again, we had a a decent sound record just on that film. Um, So yeah, it's all friends of friends, or friend, you know, direct friend, which is why networking is so important and, you know, finding people who will do it for the experience or the IMDb credit. You know, when there's no money available, you know, or it's really hard to find money, and the money you do find, you know, you need to spend it on stuff like petrol. You know, they're just the basic expenses, it's yeah, not food, actual yeah. wages. You know, but food makes a big difference as well. You know, if you can provide food, that makes a hell of a difference.
0: <laughs> and de- decent food as well. Decent food. Well. For a feature, Probably, yeah. Sorry. For a feature. for a feature, for a short is different. You can know you can give oh, them. for a short, yeah. You just pizza and biscuits for a couple of days.
1: I get shorts as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, if, at my levels, we don't even laugh, you know you don't even need food for the time. Yeah. You know, most of our films are done in an afternoon, short films. But um, right. but yeah, for, I mean, the the better the better you can offer the you know the you know, the, this, the, the third film we helped out by um. One of the local women, one local, I think she lived in the in the nearest village. You know, she just made crap, crap loads of sandwiches and you know, big curry pots and stuff. You know, right, right, right. Um, so it's all about cutting costs wherever you can. You know, really, because because it's so hard. You know, cause like we like a bang on at the start, you make so little money back at this at the end. You've got to make it for as little as possible if you don't want to lose money. You know
0: yeah it's yeah we can we can sort of wrap it up soon warren just so you know but i wonder if it's just um a false economy because obviously yeah then it then it relies heavily heavily on a on a script and that's that's good for me because i'm a sc- script writer so i kind of think well yeah that's yeah. that's good that it should rely on it that people need to get better at writing um but then it's kind of like well are they going to because I think a lot of people chuck money at their projects because they ne- they they think about the trailer, they think about having to have production value, they have to have this, they have to have that, da 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 da, and their ways to kind of um, glass over a script that perhaps isn't as good as it needs to. Well, be.
1: I know I know for a fact, um, naming no names, but there's quite a lot of distributors. that don't really care what the films it what the actual films what what the yeah. content of the film is yeah there's three three or four main things that concern concerned about is the technical quality as in is it good enough to go on amazon prime you know it's got to be a certain you know it's got to be of a certain level technically then the title has to be attention grabbing so you know there's a very good chance your film will have its title changed to the most obvious title you can think of just to sell it uh, then they'll make their own trailer, which might be completely, which might completely delude the viewer into what the film's going to be about, just to sell the film. And then the artwork might not even have any images whatsoever from the film. Again, <laughs> it's just a whole delusion, you know. And that well, happens.
0: I and, know they used off- to be able to do it a lot with the DVD uh, bargain bucket. You know, when you used to work in walk into Asda or Sainsbury's or wherever and there used to be that basket yeah. at the end of the D V D aisle and you could buy one for like well, one ninety nine. That's
1: probably just my experience because that's where my films end up, you know. Right,
0: but we don't really <laughs> have that anymore because on the odd chance you might pick something up and kinda of go, Oh, that looks like a film I would enjoy it. Now you've got reviews on Amazon Prime, right? And YouTube yeah. or wherever and people can yeah. say, No, don't watch this film or yeah, exactly. because not because the film's crap, but because they're annoyed that it isn't the film that they were sold. Well,
1: exactly. Yeah. No, no. Um, I don't think we have ever actually thought of it from that. I mean, that has, I have seen reviews like that. Surprisingly few, to be honest, when I think about it, cause I would feel completely ripped off. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I've really been annoyed at the distributor for doing it, you know, cause, cause, you know, I do have integrity, you know, and, um, which you would find hard to believe when you see me films, you know, but <laughs> I don't want to be deluding people, you know, with, Totally false images on the DVD covers, you know. Um, but totally right, yeah. It could back it can back, backfire. Um,
0: but they kind of only care about making their money, right? Exactly. By which point... Yeah,
1: they just you know they they don't care. Well, exactly. I mean, like you said, they should see as well. You know, it could backfire on them to some extent as well. But you know, once oh. people have paid the money to, it doesn't. They don't care what the people think of it. You know, they've, they've spent the money on the on the first two minutes. You know
0: unless audiences audiences um get to the point where they're they're familiar with distributors and they can look at the back of the box yeah which isn't going to happen
1: um but i mean a lot of the indie filmmakers especially you know the ones i know who are mainly all horror indie horror filmmakers we all talk to each other about distribution companies and which you know what you know
0: your experience with them sort of thing in and
1: out yeah um Who's the best one you know basically who <laughs> who are you like to get the most money back off you know
0: yeah, that's
1: you know
0: um yeah, but it's good it's good that whilst the internet has kind of changed things arguably for the worse in a lot of ways, it's changed it in that sense for the better because now there is a way in which filmmakers can connect with each other and kind of confer with oh yeah, you know that sort of information like even you and I chatting now you know sharing this sort of stuff if i come to you and said oh this distributor has approached me you might be like oh yeah no don't go with don't go with them yeah. and then i'd be like oh great okay whereas maybe 5 10 years ago 15 years ago maybe you know you'd get that offer it would look great and in reality you were being shafted so yeah yeah it, it's just yeah i i i kind of see the the negatives and the positives and it's hard to not be too disheartened by the negatives, but there are obviously lots of positives out there. We yeah, just well, need it's, to...
1: The internet's you know, everyone knows this, but the internet's completely changed your music industry and it's completely changed your movie industry, you know. Um like I say, I think that's partly why there's such a big gap between your Hollywood block, you know, financially. I mean, like you said, you've worked on a couple of kind of quarter of a million budget films. I'd love to know how, how much money they made back, you know, I mean I know, I'm not know, I'm not interested in the financial side of things. I hate that side of things, you know. I'm well aware you can get tax breaks and all that kind of things or tax write-ups, so I don't know really what it means. But, like, films at the quarter of a million level budget, I just wonder how do they make any money back, you know. Because at the end of the day, they're not much different than making a film for 20 grand, you know. And, you know, I just find it hard... I don't know, and I've heard of a few, from a few people who've made films at that level. Uh, it's all gone kind of. It's just not hardly sold, you know. Even though they've had a few names in it, you know. I don't know. I'm. I'm I don't know. It's, it's. I don't really know that level to be honest. So. Um, I would
0: say it's just as murky as the lower level.
1: Well, exactly. Murky is a good word. Yeah, it, it can be a very murky industry, you know.
0: But you've got the more pressure of knowing that you've essentially got a a, a house. Uh, the price of a house on you, you know yeah. the budget that you're spending is.
1: And again, is like you said before, like you know, you, you might is is it, is a two hundred and fifty grand budget necessary? Is it really no. necessary? You could probably make the same film, you could probably make the same end proc, end product film on a hundred grand. You know, you just fritter, frittering money away on stuff that isn't needed. You know, um, I don't know.
0: If you can get it, great, spend it, but. I don't know how sustainable it is. You've only got a couple of 250 budget films under you before someone asks, so how much money did they make back? And there goes your career as a filmmaker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But if you can, like I go in with the attitude, I've had a meeting recently with a producer and we've sort of talked about budgets and I'm trying to go in with the attitude of, you tell me what you can afford and I'll write you a script to that. I won't, I'm not going to come in and say I need... Two hundred and fifty grand to make this film because I, I think that's really naive of me to think that anyone's gonna be able to give me that sort of cash. But I think there's a lot of filmmakers out there that do do that, and that's their way of working. Is that they have their script, they tell that's the budget, and there's no wiggle room. Whereas I think yeah,
1: you've got to be flexible. You know yeah,
0: that's where yeah, that's where your writing ability and your creativity um, comes in. Because like yeah. I said, I think anyone can make a film for two hundred and fifty grand. It, oh yeah! Like yeah. You, you just can. You just well, employ that, a load of people.
1: Well, yeah, that's. I would honestly, I wouldn't know how to. You know,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I could employ oh, a load of pointless do with that people. Money. Yeah. If I had two hundred and fifty grand, I would spend it on massive effects stuff. You know, um, <laughs> that's what I you might
0: you might see the end products and think, "Oh, there's too many effects." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> or you know. A lot of my, if I had that kind of money, a lot of my, because that's the kind of films I make, you know, a lot of my, a lot of that for me would go on effects, you know, special effects stuff, you know, go even maybe a month, you know, I'd love to make some monster kind of movies, which I can't because I can't afford the prosthetics and everything. But, you know, for me.
0: It mostly goes on a name as well, don't forget, in terms of talent yeah, and actors well that's, and paying yeah. people. Like actually, I I I budgeted a film the other day, just sort of off the top of my head, nothing official, and I think we got to, I think we got to sixty grand, having just paid people for a two-week shoot. Yeah. When you a core crew, core core crew, five actors, you know, on a hundred pound a day for a fifteen-day a shoot. I, I I could be wrong, but it was a lot of money. And you think, well, that there, well, there's... it
1: is if you get if you get the going rate, right, which, you know, these experienced people deserve you know that's what the going rate is you know and that's what they get on you know if other you, jobs if you you know if you're on a decent budget you know if you're on game of thrones or a, a ridley scott film then you'll get the you know even somewhat smaller you'll get like whatever rate it is but it's a hell of a lot Beck of money 2 is
0: like 240 a day now something like that i think
1: yeah it's all you know depends obviously what role you do but you
0: know oh yeah of course
1: For for my kind of level, that's just you know that's that's just no you know I can't afford that you know I can make the whole film on a day's wage for (laughs) a good cinematography you know.
0: Um, Yeah, I can just imagine you looking at your watch, right? That's your two (laughs) forty, (laughs) right? Stop. I can't afford. I can't afford anymore. (laughs) Cool. Well, well, thank you, Warren. I think we can leave it there. In all honesty, we we have gone. Through all my questions, you you wouldn't believe it, but we've managed to sort of, yeah, somehow well, go through them all in little be- bits and pieces. So, so well, yeah, I hope, I think... you
1: know, I don't know if anyone is this live. Is this going out live then, or do you no, no. you release later? Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks because I've got yeah. a backlog. I've got episode yeah. four to release on. I'm trying to do it once a week because I think I have a tendency to put too much work on my plate. So, I, well, so I... do I, yeah so we're very similar i i, I yeah Definitely, i get a, yeah. a sense that we're very similar
1: yeah. and
0: um so i'm trying to do one a week not because i i don't want to do more but it's more to just keep me from not doing more <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah
1: no, but also you you know i mean i don't know on your listenership kind of thing but no once one. So, <laughs> but one one you know you don't want to be doing them every day anyway you know no um
0: but again, it's for you, me it really is for me, the, the yeah. listenership, and for you. If you enjoyed it, great. But it's for well, me I, to. Well,
1: I, I love. I mean, I. I was going to say I'd like to speak to you more because I could learn a lot more off you as well. Obviously, this has been a, kind of a podcast about me, but um, as two filmmakers, I could quite happily do this podcast
0: in the other way round.
1: Roles reversed, you know. Um,
0: yeah, I, I kind of feel I've got I've got big imposter syndrome. You know, I I don't really feel like I've got much to offer because I don't feel like I've really done much. Um, but I, I guess I kind of have, but it doesn't well, feel like worked, I have.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've worked on these, to me, to, for me, they're big budget films. You know, they're not big budget. They're still micro budget in the grand scheme of things. But a well, 100, 100 grand film or a 250 grand film is a is a caddy budget film
0: for me, you know. Well, we're off the podcast now. I think I've stopped. So the the most <laughs> budget was 2 million. I, I, I 2 edited... Million? A, yeah, I edited um, it was a stop, it was a stop frame animation though. So right. but they managed to get 2 million not because that's what they set out to do. <laughs> it's because it over the budget overran massively. Yeah. I think they started on 300 grand and it just kept going and kept Where going. Where was the money coming from? The producer's wealthy friends. They were very charming chaps and they would go and and sort of smooth with people and bring back money. <laughs> they were inc- they were incredible at doing that. Very incredible just, people. Just
1: to digress slightly from our first film, we actually did a me and Chris, who was going to be involved, but it wasn't in the end. We actually did like a little Dragons Den meeting with I've got a friend who's a millionaire, so we got about five of his really rich friends round who we went round and did like a Dragons Den meeting. Wow! And I was kind of promised about twenty five grand. Then obviously a few days later they all pulled out, but you know right. But well, that is one way to get money—is to find rich friends, you know. But
0: yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of had a similar meeting the other day, but I I, I didn't realise it that was what was happening until it was too late. Uh, the the same producer, so who I worked with on this uh, stop frame animation, I've kind of presented him with a World War Two script and said, "Hey, can we make this?" And he said, "Yes." And he's been trying to get money for it. And then I met up with him the other day, and there was this rich dude there. And I was sort of hungover. I'd just come back from <laughs> London. I had no, I had no intention of like being ready or prepared to yeah. kind of present myself to someone. And I don't know if he was that taken by me, just because obviously, yeah, I was knackered from the weekend. And were you uh, not told? Did, huh?
1: Were you not told then what you were going into? No,
0: no, no, no. This is no, no. This well, is the incredible thing about this this producer. He's incredibly charming and kind of like you you would give him your last penny he's one of those guys if 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 you met him yeah you, you either love him or hate him and i kind of like him because he's that to me he's that obvious but i kind of like that that he's that yeah. obvious that he's a bit of a charmer but um but he's also a little bit in terms of that sort of stuff not unprofessional but he doesn't think oh i better <laughs> warn dan that this is an important meeting cuz yeah. to him he's just kind of like he kind of is a bit all over the place. So he's
1: kind of blowing his chance in a way then.
0: No, nah, well, just... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like I said, I've got imposter syndrome so maybe I'm just thinking it went badly but well, maybe just... it didn't.
1: No, I'm just saying from the producer's point of view he might have lost the chance of getting this money
0: because yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he hasn't warned you to be <laughs> yeah. professional, you know. You've yeah. just gone in there thinking you're just having a mess, you know. Having a coffee. You're just going in there for a chat or whatever, you yeah. know. And yeah,
0: so... Yeah. So I don't know what sort of impression I made. We'll see. But personally, I don't think the, the, the story, the script is doable on anything less than 50. So if he comes back with 20, 25, then I, I'd have to, as much as I'd love to make a film for that sort of money, I just don't actually think it's possible. Is that so. grand or million? Uh, grand. Grand. <laughs> grand. Not million. No, grand. Because it, he wanted a World War II film. So I went, I, this is the meeting I sort of mentioned earlier. And I said to him, without me writing anything, I said to him, What do you think? What do you want, basically? Tell yeah. me what you want. What do you think you can sell? And he said, World War II or gangsters. And I was like, Well, I'm not going to write a gangster film. And if I am, it'll be a dark comedy and no one's going to want that. So I wrote a World War II film. Well,
1: I'd I'd Lots of people would want a dark comedy gangster film.
0: Yeah, but he, he, wanted, he wanted a football factory kind of Rise of the Foot Soldiers type gangster so right. not, not comedy yeah. and I was like oh I don't know anything about that world so I can't even pretend to
1: because I'm actually working on a gangster proof of concept film with a Um, he's a Hollywood writer he's quite you know he's got quite a lot of credit not Hollywood credits but he's got a lot of books and he's a, <clears throat> he's a good writer and he's uh, he's got a few contacts in Hollywood but I did this photo shoot with this kind of striking 50 year old woman with a custom car of my mates and some of the images look really kind of striking. And and I'd, I'd made this guy's called Adam Rock and I'd made a couple of his short films and I think I'd just sent him randomly a couple of the pictures to show him or something. And he said, Oh, that would make him. A, he thought we can make her a star, you know? So he's written like a, a short five minute teaser script about, in a you know, in the planet It's called the fixer. So that if, if the, we've got a couple of producers interested in seeing the proof of concept. So for me, that's quite, you know, that's to have like a bit of a Hollywood interest in something I'm involved with is quite, is is the first time for me. So I'm quite excited to see where that goes. You know, it might not go anywhere, but, but that's like a gangster thing. I'm not really interested. You know, I've never, I mean, I do like, um, Guy Ritchie stuff, for example,
0: I don't really like any other gangster stuff.
1: Um, apart from like casino or a couple of others but um
0: yeah yeah but i guess that's not really british gangster is it like uh, well no
1: yeah i suppose you, i mean i don't know what i've no idea how he'd write the script i'm presuming it'd probably end up being kind of a, like you say a Jason Statham kind of thing but
0: well those um, rise of the foot soldier films i think they sell pretty handsomely and i think well, i've up never, to like five or six now so they just keep peddling them every couple yeah, of years yeah
1: well i've never seen i've never seen one i don't think i've even seen a trailer but I know what they are, you know, but you know, like you say, them kind of films. Obviously, there's obviously a market for them. I don't know what the budgets yeah, yeah. are, but if when you're up to five or six, and i I'm imagine they must have quite decent budgets. You know, they've got to be making the money back, haven't
0: they? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I I think beyond one or two, the the main cast weren't in it. They were just probably tip. They were just gangster film scripts that they had lying around, that they called Rise of the Foot Soldiers yeah. Three or something. You know, I don't think they. I don't think they got bigger they're not you know, it's not the furious films, the Fast and Furious films. They didn't get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I think they just went, let's milk this for yeah. all we can. So um, the
1: budgets probably went down and down and down too. I reckon
0: so. I'd yeah. be surprised if they went up because Well, like yeah. I said,
1: I've never seen any of them, so I wouldn't know but
0: They're just living they're selling their films off the back of the Rise of the Foot Soldier name. Yeah. Because if you're you know, if you're a bloke and you've just come home and you're flicking through Amazon Prime, you might go, Oh, Rise of the Foot Soldiers five. Ugh. You know, and put it yeah. on. I mean it's got nothing to do with well, there's Rise quite of
1: Footers. I mean There's a few few people have asked me when's Zombie Women of C N three coming out, you know. Right. But not Not tempted not talk, sorry. You're not tempted? I'd love to, but I know there's there's a few people asking, but there's, you know it's not as if I'm getting hundreds of people asking, you know. Right, right. And you've only got your a... wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's she doesn't want it. She was in the second one actually, my current yes. wife. My third wife, but um, I would like to make the third one, you know. Just um, uh, but yeah, I'd rather do other stuff to be honest. Um,
0: yeah. So what are, we, what are we taking away from this chat? Uh, well, well like I said, <laughs>
1: I'd, I'd like to talk more. There's quite a lot of questions I'd like to ask you, you know, but you know, maybe I really
0: don't know as much as probably what I've made it sound like. I'm, I've i been crew on these features, so I I, I wouldn't know about how. I'm not saying ask you now, you know, because we've been on for 2 hours, have not we now? Um a bit a bit long. See, you said about how long are we going to be on for? It goes. The time just goes. Well, I knew
1: it? it would. I know. Uh, so uh, uh,
0: the the last two have been 2 hours. The first was 3. The last have been 2 hours and it feels just about right 2 hours. It's a it's a it's a film length, isn't it? So you kind of get well, a bit, yeah, uh... bit delirious after that. <laughs> <laughs> And I uh, need to sit in a darkened room and kind of like... You know. No, so do I.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't feel a bit kind of lightheaded from <laughs> talking and thinking about stuff.
0: Well, um, this is it. This was another reason, not obviously just to be selfish and try and learn from you and the other people I'm to chat to, but also because I've been saying for years, I, 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 all I deal with is actors. In my, in my life, I've met thousands of actors, worked with thousands of actors, but very rarely come into contact with any other filmmakers. And if you do, you haven't got time to chat with them because you're yeah. busy working. So I've always wanted to just chat to filmmakers. Cause so what what roles do you normally do on film sets then? Everything, apart from act and makeup. I can't really do makeup, uh, But everything, yeah. Because yes. the showreel thing, the the showreels from scratch, making it look like actors have been in stuff, you need to do everything. So.
1: Oh I've yeah, re- I can imagine. I've, I've, I've never actually... I've never actually heard of them before, to be honest. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know to what level you fake, you know, I don't know what, to what level you do. I don't mean, I don't know exactly what you mean, to be honest. But, um, well,
0: it's, it's, you have to check them out. They're on my, oh, they're, yeah, it's well, Daniel I, Harding show reels. So,
1: I mean, do you set, like, just to use an example, do you set up a little World War II scene in a trench?
0: Well, not, not quite a trench, but there is one. I'll send you this was what, so what I did, I was quite, I was quite sneaky. Because I knew that the producer wanted a World War II film and I was closing the business. I've since reopened it because I had sort of like a sort of mental breakdown last year because I was too busy and I was very stressed. And so I closed the business, but I've since reopened it, but differently. And this was my last scene that I shot last year because he got in when touch say, and was like, Sorry. When you
1: say business, do you mean uh, like the showreel?
0: Yeah. Doing yeah, storyals, yeah. Eh? Yeah, it's a one-man band, so I was doing everything.
1: Oh yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of mental breakdowns. Don't
0: worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It, there was I went on holiday with my partner, and uh, I wasn't in a good place. And so at that point, I was like, so this was last June. I said I'm going to quit, and I had bookings up until December.
1: Yeah,
0: I had six months, mu- which is great because you think it's work. Why are you complaining? Uh, but it was too much for one person. So I'm going to just see if I can share my screen with you i've never done this before uh let me just see or i could just send it to you but basically this is what i did i used the scene that i shot for a client who paid me yeah and and i pitched i i went into the producer and said look this is what i can do um you can watch it once we're off the off the call this yeah. is what I can do by myself. I Literally, I was the only crew. I filmed it, I lit it, I did the sound, I wrote the scene, I helped produce it, I did everything by myself. One man. Yeah. So not yeah. even four people, one man. Yeah. And you might look at it and go, okay, yeah, yeah, but you got to consider, well, give me two or three people and well, right. do a little bit more. But um, but this is what I do. I, I, I make scenes for people and make it look like they've been in stuff. So, like I said, I, I only ever talk to actors. So it's nice just to to talk yeah, to someone I mean, about
1: I'd be I normally do me short films with just a cameraman and a sound guy you know um, yeah. it's normally me on camera now um, like I said I'm not very technical at all on camera um, but I can do a short film you know I'm like I'm <clears throat> on the next feature I'm planning to, to to be the you know the director and the cinematographer basically I know it's not going to look that brilliant anyway but it's just you know
0: how else are you going to do it?
1: Exactly. well exactly <laughs> it's just uh, a micro well, yeah. budget
0: the, the, the obvious thing to say is um, you learn by doing That's, the only, that's you know. I, I don't think yeah. I'm great by any, any stretch of the imagination but obviously people pay me to do this work so I, other people must think that I'm good so, but I've, I'm pretty much self taught and it's hard especially the technicals because if you don't yeah. know you don't know and you've got to try and wrap your head around them the thing is
1: another great thing about internet uh, is YouTube will teach you anything at all. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Any it's single incredible. thing you
1: want to learn to do with anything,
0: Yeah. there's a tutorial on YouTube for it. It's pretty incredible. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, ha- I had to because uh, I know fuck all about cars. I had to, uh, um, I had to find the code on my stereo because the battery went flat and the co- I didn't have the code, so I had to take my stereo out. Yeah, is a lot. You know, if you don't know about cars, especially, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's I do imp- If you didn't. If you, basically, if I didn't watch a YouTube tutorial, I wouldn't have got it out without snapping the right. fascia to bits, you know. But
0: yeah.
1: just click, just search, and there you go. There's three or four.
0: Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say I don't. I didn't know how to change a head uh, headlamp, so I had to watch well, a YouTube. video.
1: Are. I don't know anything. Like, <laughs> you know. So I it's kind cars. of incredible,
0: but it's making us dumb at the same time because you yeah. <laughs> can just watch a video. Oh, but um,
1: <laughs> I love I love editing, but like I'm starting from scratch, you know. About because I used to do quite a lot of music videos about four years ago. I, I was I was you know I was getting to a reasonable level of editing, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah. And then I didn't, you know, I, I went through my phase of I don't want to do it. I can't be asked with any of it, you know. I've stopped filmmaking. So I just didn't do any editing at all. So I'd forgotten it all, and I've started making short films again. A big reason of it is, again, like you say, so to prepare myself for when I do my feature.
0: Yeah, learn by doing. Um, because, sort of thing.
1: because editing, from what I've learned as well, editing is a very is one one of the hardest things to get covered on your film because it's so time consuming. You know, it's one of the hardest things to find someone to do for nothing because it's, it takes so long. Yeah. Um, but I actually quite really like. Uh, editing as well Um, but it's just i'm starting from scratch again but again with youtube if you know there's so much i don't know you know basically you just
0: starting from scratch again you just you know anything you want to know you just youtube it don't you yeah beyond beyond the actual placing clips down on your timeline beyond that i don't know then it then it then it's just a matter of kind of tweaking um like the basics are simple to grasp
1: Oh, that yeah, definitely the best. Yeah,
0: but if you start thinking, well, it'd be nice if I could do this or do that, and blah, 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 then it can obviously be a bit more complicated. Yeah,
1: I mean, editing. There is so much, you know. Editing is well, you know. I suppose being a cinematographer as well, but editing, especially, there's so much to learn, you know, to get to an advanced level. You know,
0: um, for me, it's taste, though. It's kind of like writing. You've either got it. You've either, maybe even worse, so with editing. Uh, I, I do. I I can't explain it. I don't know where it comes from. I think you've either got got an eye for it or you don't. Yeah. Something that well, works or doesn't.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm still learning to. I mean, I've I did um went through a phase, which I still do now and again of being a photographer. Again, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much about photographer, but photography. But a lot of people are quite impressed. So without blowing me on trumple, I seem to have a bit of an eye for photography, you know, from knowing nothing to, you know, actually composing your shots and, you know, um, the editing, I'm not sure if I am, I am, um, I mean, I suppose I am, you know, I don't know, I don't know people who don't have an idea, you know, I don't know what, it's hard when all you know is your own perspective, don't you? You don't know how other people see it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm just,
0: no, I know what you're saying. You know, I know what you're saying. And and that is one of the hardest things about all the creative uh, arts. Is yeah. that at some point, you, you don't know, right? You don't know what but,
1: you... I mean, I I edited one short film. It was just two minutes. And I sent it to my mate, Steve, who I'd mentioned, who did a lot of the editing. Well, he, he co-directed and co-produced the first film. He um, edited the second film, edited the third film. Um, but I sent that I always try and get feedback. You know, I don't care how harsh it is. You know, for me, that's how you learn. The harsher the feedback, the better. You know, because loads of people just say, "Oh, that's great," that. You know, well that that tells me nothing. You know, yeah. I want minuscule little bits of information about where I can improve. You know, and like Steve had said, well, you know, you don't. I think it was like one of them uh, zoom-ins. I'm doing one little clip, and he said, "Well, you know, that doesn't work there." You know, but just little tiny things about editing you know which he from experience seeing you and i didn't really realize it although i could see you know that doesn't kind of work but i left it in and then he said well you know well that doesn't work you know you don't do that with that clip you shouldn't have done that you know right um but i love learning about it you know
0: for me i don't know if this will work for you necessarily but what i like to do because i've made i've made a bunch of shorts like 20 short films or whatever and these showreel scenes like are in the hundreds I, I I won't send things to people I would want to be in the same room as them so you can by letting someone watch something and you're almost watching them yeah. you can get a sense of what's going on it's weird, yeah. I I can kind of grasp like I'm watching the film going oh, this bit's a bit slow, or that joke didn't land or that yeah. edit isn't nice and I, they don't even have to say anything because I've kind of almost watched it from their point of view just yeah. by them being there yeah. Do you see what I mean? I I I tend to do that a lot. Oh, so. I love.
1: Uh, there's a few times I've I've spent days with Steve in the editing suite, or in his you know little spare room on his editing stuff, um, and I love it. You know, I love watching the edit come together. You know, right. Um, right. obviously by the end of a feature, you're fucking sick to death of the film, you know, because
0: right. <laughs> you've right. seen it that many times. But it's fascinating. And you know yeah. what it took to to get it?
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating process. Huh? Because the editor's the third director, isn't it, you know? The yeah, writer's it's... the first, the writer's the first, you know, I was read this the other day, actually, the writer's the first director, the actual director is the one who puts it together, and then the editor. Because I don't think a lot of people who aren't involved in film, they don't realise the power the editor has, do they? You know?
0: It's it's, it's the, the edi- most powerful, because that's- Yeah,
1: it is. It's The editor makes the film, you know? Yeah. It can be so many f- different films, you know?
0: Um, well, it's like building a house. It's a weird analogy, but maybe the writing is the architecture. You know, the drawings that they do. Yeah. The director is essentially like, well, these these are the materials I want, and then the editor is the one who builds it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah.
0: And and I do think this is why I kind of noticed your sound because obviously sound is part of the post production editing process, and I and I I, I the, your sound was flawless, and so that's part of the post production process that I think a lot of people. And I find it now a bit of a cliche even to say it, neglect. So, you know, going into your shorts and the next thing you're doing, paying particular attention to your sound, I think everything else can kind of be forgiven. It's strange. Dodgy camera work, out of focus, not graded correctly, all of that stuff can kind of be forgiven. Something not quite edited correctly, if your sound is good. But if your sound is bad nothing is forgiven, because it's yeah. so noticeable. It's strange. Apparently, we're more we're more audio than we realise. Yeah. It's not 50-50, it's more like 70-30, because yeah. da- we hear danger. So, it's the same with film. I think we hear stuff more than we see stuff, we just don't realise it. Yeah. So, I would say pay particular attention to your sound. And
1: yeah, uh, that's just reasserted it for me, yeah, definitely.
0: Like, your visuals. Yeah, they're important, but... This, I, I'm just repeating myself now, but the sound in your film is what made me c- continue watching it because I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> I've watched films recently and, and, you know, there's just no transition between the dodgy sound recording and the good one. So it's just sort yeah. of like cutting in and out and you're just yeah. like, well, someone should have done something about that. Yeah, definitely. So Surprising some of the things that get through, you know, on, on the lower budget films like that. Right? But it's because then I don't know they're not paying attention to it. They're not. They're, not, they're thinking, "Oh, no one to notice that. No one to hear that." And it's like, no, they, they do. They don't. Most people don't know why it is that something doesn't work. They'll just know it doesn't work. Yeah. And they'll know it's yeah. cheap. But if you're like, I, your, if you told me your film had been made for a hundred, a hundred and fifty, your first one, I would have believed you because yeah, your, sound, thing, your, your sound was tight. So
1: the thing is, with that, like you say, I suppose even with the first film, which was a lot bigger budget than the other two films if we'd have paid everyone the going rate, it would have been 150 grand. Yeah,
0: right. you know? So maybe that's how you should actually say the budget. because I
1: know. Yeah. Uh, because you know, like I... Said,
0: industry rates, this film would have been made for. Exactly. Because yeah. the guy I spoke to the other day, he made a film for two grand. And I said, yeah, but how much did you actually make it for? And he said, well, it would have been about a yeah. hundred. I was like, well, there you go. So you don't be telling people you made it for two grand then. Yeah, exactly. Because he did all the special effects work himself because he's and people he's whiz-
1: think you know the less the smaller the budget the more people think it's going to be shit you know
0: right um, it's just more favours that you've pulled in
1: yeah but obviously you don't want to tell them it's 100 grand if it is shit yeah yeah <laughs> then, yeah don't think well that's was- <laughs> yeah he's not very good then is he you know
0: well there's a few of those <laughs> filmmakers that I know as well and yeah it's not working out for them because yeah if you're if you're if you're being compared to someone so I always say to people that you can tell how good a director is uh, from a two-person scene. With two, you know, your films are different. I feel like your films are a lot more colourful. So you've, in... you've
1: only seen the first one.
0: Oh, okay, that's um, true. I'm kind of yeah, tarring you with the the brush of the first one.
1: No, I mean, I'm off. I'm off thinking. If you see the other two, you'll be you'll think, well, they're not as you know, they're not. Neither of them are as good as the first one. Oh right, okay. Pretty, so you
0: you need the. No, money. yeah,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know, because you probably have a much... Obviously, you'll you'll have a much uh, more objective view, subjective... Yeah, you'd have a much more objective view on it, because, you you know, obviously I'm too close to them to make any valid opinions now. But, you know, if, if you do fancy watching them and give me some feedback, that would be really interesting for me, you know. But, again, it depends if you've got the... If you've got 90 minutes of your time for each one and you can be bothered to watch them, but... Even if you just skim them to get an idea, how you compare them to the first one would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I will mean, just, I'll just send you, if I haven't already. I don't think. I, did I just send you the first one?
0: Yeah, just the first one. I
1: can just, set, I'll just, we transfer you the other two, you know, um,
0: and just have a quick skim through them and see what you think, you know. Yeah, sounds good. Um, well, I'm gonna go because I think, um, yeah, I think I know, my I need to go. wants to get in. But thank you for that. <laughs> Oh, well, that was that was great but um I, yeah i'll be putting the podcast up online in a couple of weeks or something yeah well i'll, I'll keep in, in touch on are you on facebook or not uh i am but i'm not an, i'm i am but i'm not on anything so if i ignore you don't be offended it's it's all for business i only use it to promote me right. and my business but i don't actually use them if that it's makes just cause sense
1: i'm on i have facebook open all day because i use it for so much networking you know
0: right okay um I would say no to Facebook. Twitter's the best place to get hold of me, but All email right. is is my preferred way of contact. So maybe. All right, well I'll just. Uh, we'll switch to email or something. Yeah. If um, that's or, or or Twitter, whatever.
1: Well, it, email's probably I don't know. Well, email or Twitter anyway, but uh, definitely keep in touch and. Um, cool. Because there's still stuff I'd like to pick your brain about. You know, when you've got time to answer a few questions.
0: <laughs> yes, sure. Well, yeah. Let me let me know, and uh, I'll do my best. I I like I said to you earlier. I I kind of. I'm pretty, <laughs> yeah. My workload is pretty intense at the moment, but I'll be f- I'll be free for you, of course. But um, yeah, I'm not
1: on? gonna I'm not gonna I don't expect hours of your time. I'm just maybe you're question questioning me and hours now, you of your know, with the brief answer, you know, but yeah, because I'm always like I say, I'm always I'm always asking questions to other filmmakers just to learn as much as I can, you know, experiences and you know, you can. Never stop Oh, yeah, because uh,
0: I forgot. Yeah, the other day you were asking me about fundraiser. What did I ask? You said, um, how what do I look for when I uh oh, yeah, when, I yeah.
1: it was just in the video, you know, in the actual video promo. Because, um, because for me, the, the thing that really sells it to me is if you see a decent little teaser trailer, which are the hardest things to make when you haven't made the film, you know, because you've got to actually shoot some footage, and you know, because for me. When you just see a director waffling on in his in his lounge about his film, that just bores me to death, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which yeah. is why, if I do a crowdfunder for my next film, I'm going to shoot like a little sixty second teaser trailer.
0: There's is, is something, yeah. You you've got to almost put the money and the time into that little short. Yeah. Because I made a short called Dinner with Mum, and I, I, I quite a few people said they wanted they wanted it to be longer. Whereas I'm like, no, it's a short. Like I don't. There's nothing more to the script. There's nothing more to the idea. But yeah. that being said, so many people enjoyed it that I think if it was attached to a, a Kickstarter and they could be yeah. like, do you want to see, you yeah. know, the feature version, then they probably yeah. would chuck in a tenner, twenty quid because they've just watched a decent little short film and they think, yeah, great. I'd like to well, see. Well, there's,
1: there's like you said, there's plenty of people spend thousands on a short film with, you know, with a view to getting it made into a feature. Yeah. You know, and it's top quality, high production short film, you know. Yeah. Um, Purely to try and get the investment in a feature, which again I think is that, totally I,
0: out. I've heard of a few people doing it that way.
1: Yeah, yes, I, I know a few people. Yes. Yeah, just, again, for the price of that short film, I could just make the film.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but then you're, I guess you're kind of thinking, well, why are you doing a Kickstarter? You're probably looking for a lot more money than you can afford yourself, so... That's yeah, the, it that's the gamble, isn't yeah,
1: it depends on levels, yeah. Uh, like you say, I am st- I think I'm a bit scared of moving up in levels because I don't think I'm good enough, you know, so I'll just stick at me on level, you know. Uh, maybe eventually I'll kind of... Something will happen to move me up a bit. Um, but again, like I say, it's, it's pointless making a film for 100 grand when you're only going to get the same amount of money back as you would if you made it for 5 grand, which is just the more and more the. the way I see it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus it's it's almost impossible to raise that money because, because the, the, the investors know there's no money to be made on films. Anyway, I think we'd better wrap up. Yeah,
0: cool. <laughs> and that was the episode with Warren. A huge thank you again to him for taking time out to talk to me. Hopefully Warren does make that full feature film, as I'd love to chat to him again in the future. If you like the podcast, please remember to follow us on Spotify, like us on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Your support will really make a difference and help the channel grow. Thank you.